It has been way too long. And we are back here. Stefan Prince, Jake and Anderson. I'm Michael Dunn. Together we are PDA. And we're looking forward to talking about tons of sports this week. There has literally been championship upon championship. And uh, drafts. Um, there's just, I mean, throw a dart at a sport board and it's probably happening. And there's a lot of things going on. Um, big rundown this week. Um, we're going to try to touch on some stuff. We're also going to have, a uh, another podcast here, uh, next Tuesday that we do. So, um, we'll be able to kind of hit up on stuff that maybe we missed today. And then the finish to the college world series, which, um, I mean, I guess we could maybe just start there <laughs> if you guys would want to. Tommy tanks, Tommy tanks goes yard. <laughs> it's probably going to be really loud. Oh, oh well, editing problem. Yeah, no, um, how about everybody was excited for the pitcher's duel. It delivers. Dude. Goes to 11. So and a, a guy who he was mashing for North Carolina State last year, you know, made his name there, and then comes up clutch for the team he transfers to in LSU. Like, that's storybook for them, being able to win that game and whatnot and like arguably i think those were the two best teams in the country coming into this uh final eight college world series and whatnot stinks that it ends like they both you want more one. yeah um and and what's crazy about it too is i mean game one between wake forest and and lsu um i i felt like lsu i, I think probably most people watching um, that had been following College Road Series knew that the ace was going to be coming for LSU in Game Two, so if they got there, LSU really had a fighting chance to beat Wake Forest and, and get to the championship. And um, I mean, there were some crazy plays even in that first game. Um, but yeah, Game Two, winner takes all, or at least winner goes to the game that matters. <laughs> um, and geez. I mean, can you imagine pitching eight innings, giving up no runs, and then exiting and not knowing if your team has a shot or if your team's going to win? That, that's mind-blowing to me. And, and Wake Forest, in going into this, I think the weakness of what they kept saying about LSU was their pitching, their depth of their pitching, and that's actually ended up being a strength of theirs, this whole College World Series, and I think that's something that's like been really, really cool. Um, to see them kind of come to life in that sense. And um, Bat's obviously been able to make contact with everybody, including, you know, the, you're saying the number one team in the country, Wake Forest. Um, but, man, do I love LSU's coach. That guy, <laughs> just fire. So really happy for him and the program. I think the interesting thing, too, with the with the way that things panned out, we got three games between Wake Forest and LSU. Wake Forest won the first one on day four. Um, which then put LSU backs against the wall, had to beat Tennessee. They beat Tennessee, had to play Wake Forest again, beat them, but now they're both, you know, on one loss, it's double elimination. LSU able to pull that one out in 11, just, you know, storybook. So now we get Florida and LSU, uh, SEC controls football and now baseball, I guess. Um, and outdoor track and field. And outdoor track and field. For yeah. the men. Yeah. At least for sure, Florida. Well, and in two years, probably the women too, because Texas won outdoor track for women. So. Yeah, that's that's true. But right now they're yeah. big twelve. Anyways, yeah, they're, they're, they're um, big 12. 
Um, Florida, LSU, Florida, number two, LSU, number five. I mean, so screen, is it Skern or Screen or the, the pitcher for LSU, S-K-R-E-N-E or something? Something like that, yeah. Um, so he's not pitch. he can't pitch game one, obviously. Probably wouldn't right, pitch they, game two, but wouldn't put it past him. I think depending on what happens game one, I think they save him for game three if they win game one without him. Mm-hmm. And if they need to win game two, I think he's probably going to go. Um, I'm going to say LSU in three, um, for my, my pro- projection. Mostly this is, this is just with my heart because I, <laughs> I really do like LSU as with most things. Um, and not with, uh, yeah, I mean, come on, that's, <laughs> we're all doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we're all doing it. Stefan even said, I, I went the other week, I pick with my heart or like I pick what I want to happen. Not what I think is going to happen. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm picking what I want to happen, but I also think LSU really does have a fighting chance. And you know, if I have to be real with it, I, I, I mean, Florida's looked really good. They're the only team that hasn't lost in the College World Series, right? Yeah. Um. So, I think you know, Florida's looking really, really good. Um. And LSU and Florida probably know each other as good as anybody can. So they're not going to be able to, you know, trick anybody or you know, anything like that. I wouldn't think. You know what you're going to get, and it's going to be up to the players to step up and make the plays. I think I'm going to go opposite Florida in three to be different, but also I think Florida's looked the best out of pretty much any team. They Not that they've had an easy road, but they've definitely felt like who we thought they would be and whatnot. So I think Florida takes it in three. I still think LSU has a little bit of magic in them, but yep. it almost feels like with the game last night, like you see it a lot in sports where moments like that happen and it feels like it's almost too high of a high for that team to make it to that for point. For to come back. Yeah, so I'm I'm wondering if that maybe happens to LSU, but I think they at least get one, force it to three. Plus, I mean, who doesn't like extra games and, you know, winner-take-all moments, but. I mean, I guess I'm going to go with Florida. And three, but I just say if LSU can keep it close, they they'll have a shot. But they have to keep it close. That's the thing. They have to keep it close against Florida. Uh, Florida could run away with it. You know, they could be they could have it in two. But if LSU can just play, you know, how they've been playing throughout the College World Series, um, and just have that faith in faith in their teammates, I, I feel like they can. Uh, they might be able to make something happen. You picked Florida for me in the uh, Super Regional because I didn't care between them and South I, Carolina. I did, I did pick and Florida. Yeah. I was like, I will Florida. We'll take Florida. <laughs> so, um, and they made it all the way through. They did. They all, you know what you were saying. You took one take in the College World Series pre- previous. I did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it should be fun to see that. Omaha's rocking. Uh, Steph had a kid up here actually from Omaha today, so that was pretty sweet. Yeah, he said... Uh, that his uh, his dad and his brother was actually at a few of the games so far, and they're going yep. back to the game tomorrow. So yeah, and they they just said it's just crazy wild every year at this time of year. You stay away from downtown. <laughs> if you're from uh, Omaha, you stay away from downtown. If you're going to enjoy the uh, College World Series, get downtown. <laughs> um, so yeah, coming off of that, we're talking about SEC's dominance, track and field, man, outdoor track and field. There was a there's a lot of things that went on. I think some surprises. I mean, Texas could have been more dominant on the women's side than they were. Their what their four by four was DQ'd because they didn't know how to exchange. <laughs> Doing stay in their lanes. For well, the first same thing. Time. Same thing happened to Texas Tech's men's team for the four by one. That's yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought that was taunting. I thought they were taunting and no, it was an exchange zone. Oh, I know there was a team that was taunting that uh, got DQ'd for taunting, even though they won the race. Was it LSU or Houston or? I it, think, no, it, 
Ah, uh, I can't remember. But I was just surprised because there there has been some taunting going on in track and field lately. And uh, honestly, I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. You know, y- y- every other sport, you know, they talk trash. They do what they want. You they know what celebrate. I mean, I mean they, it's a celebration. It, 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 is it's what a it celebration, is. you know. So, like, honestly, I feel that track and field should have that. But obviously, you know, looking at track and field, you think, oh, you guys should be more professional since it's individual based inside of team based. But you know, I, I feel like for an individual, they should be able to go out there and say like, or yell and be like, yo, like th- this is, this is me. I'm here, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and just have that excitement. Um, but you know, it, it's just, obviously everyone's just going to look at it a little bit differently. Um, just because it's, it, it's going to be drawn out a little bit more, you know, you're, you're going to see it a little bit more. Um, but, but yeah, so. Well, and honestly, I mean, there was a lot of things I think that we were talking previously to the outdoor championships about how some of the times were crazy fast and all this other stuff. It really didn't play out to being shattering 1500 times or shattering 800 times or, you know, five, like the times weren't insane or anything by any means. I think part of that has got to be with the weather, but also, you know, you get to that point, a lot of it becomes more of a strategic race. Um, But I, I think it was interesting that there weren't, like some of the times weren't, you know, crazy to get to finals. And then when in finals, it wasn't like, you know, whether it's the 400s or the 1500s that we were talking about previously Mm -hmm. on the podcast where it's like, Hey, these 800 women, you know, there's a couple of them that have gone sub eight or sub two. I I don't think anybody did for that championship. And so it was just one of those deals where I think that, you know, you got there, I think everybody was probably wiped out. I think for the most part, especially in the central part of the country, just weather was crazy this year, and so I think maybe they were just a little bit off. It, w- it well, was extremely hot down in uh, in Texas, and uh, honestly, there's a lot of upsets, if I'm being completely honest. Like, you know, the favorites that went into the race didn't win. Caitlin Tui being one of those, I think. But I, I think for what she was trying to do, especially with the Texas heat, she didn't even partake in the 5K and stuff like that. Like, I think the 15 took so much out of her that it was just going to be hard for her to bounce back with that double, only having the hour of rest but like yeah like you mentioned like there was just a lot of upsets i remember watching the men's hundred final and it was the guy from texas tech that nobody highlighted they even said it after he won we're like so it's the guy that nobody was talking about he had like a three tenths of a second pr or something like that in that race which for the hundred is massive like you talk about three seconds and a 1500 that's big Three tenths in a one hundred is massive because typically people are running literally as fast as you humanly can. And I mean, one hundredth can separate places. And yeah, all American. And he won by and, he won by a hundredth. And I think the guy from LSU who was favored, I think, had looked at him and pulled up and was like, "Wait, what are you doing up here?" And like, he was mad at himself. And it's like, well, he also it felt like just kind of checked up. But I think Texas Tech had him covered anyway. So it was just. I mean, if we're talking about taunting, but LSU the LSU athlete was doing it all weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was doing it in prelims. He, yep. he, he was doing it in all the events that he was, he was in. And, um, I mean, it comes, it comes to a certain point of, uh, you know, celebrating or it comes to a point that you are too cocky. Right. Yeah. And, and at this, for his instance, honestly, I believe that he just got a little too cocky. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I just think he got a little too cocky. Um, and then and then think that anyone else was going to be able to beat him. And you know the Texas Tech dude came out of nowhere, obviously. And it, it, and it's like 
as I was saying, a lot of upsets, you know, you didn't see it, you didn't see it coming. And we were even talking about it um, when we were staying in the hotel that the Holiday Inn Express <laughs> and he was talking <laughs> about the Texas, the Texas tech dude. Um, and he was like, what? He was, he was Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he, he was having some good races and cause we were watching some of the relays and stuff, uh, yep. the night, um, while, while we were at the state track meet and stuff like that. But, but no, it was, uh, it, it was kind of crazy. So just to see all the upsets that happened, even in like the, uh, you know, some of the women's races, you, you, you didn't see it as much, but you saw it in like the longer distance races, right? Like the 10 K, the five K, uh, and, and stuff like that. Well, that Caitlin Tui, I mean, in the 15, right. It was at the. 1500 yeah, the yeah 15, it was the 15. Yep. i mean that whole you walk you walk it through because you watched you watched that live i remember i was recording it and i i was like dude the race didn't even oh like yeah, yeah, yeah i was i was <laughs> she was uh she she just she had the race in her hands and she was ahead by what like 20 or so meters in front of the person that's in second place and, and caitlin Tui was supposed to i mean she was she was supposed, supposed to dominate. to win a couple events this weekend but i i just think that she didn't run it you know, smart. Um, because like when you get to those races, it's not just about time, right? It's not, it's not about how fast you run it. It's about how smart you run it, right? Because it's championship racing. Um, you all, you just got to do what you got to do to win. Um, and, and she just got caught, you know, last lap, you know, the girl came in, had her 600. Was, was she from like what, Notre Dame or something like that? Um, she came in and, uh, or was it, was it that Harvard chick? Was it that Harvard chick? I think it was Harvard. I'll yeah, yeah. Check. I think it was the Harvard chick. Um, and you know, she her last six hundred meters there's was phenomenal. So, there's so little room for error in those mid and long distance races because they're so long, and you have to be perfect the whole way through. The whole way. And, and like you know, you 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 lapse on one two hundred meters that could cost you, and and that's, I think what we saw happen. Um, I mean, distance wise, I know Stanford showed up for the men for sure. That was really cool to see um, West Coast, them, and BYU and Gonzaga. Shout out to James Mara. Washington uh, is mile and 1500 U. Yeah, they, they have been really good at, the, at those distances. But yeah, so. Pac 12, WCC, I mean, they've been, they've been rocking. And like I said, uh, James, you know, out from Gonzaga. Um, really cool to see Pat Tyson. Uh, get him there and do it again and he's got some young guns that are they're going to be i think chomping at the bit to be there next year so it was um claudia kazimierska from <laughs> we gave him my best chess for the butchering of best the shot um from oregon who won the women's 15 oh from oregon from oregon I, I it was like the, a green the team. harvard That's why i was thinking like uh, yeah ramston was, was 5k third. right or harvard i think no that who was florida the, who won the who won the 5k for women uh, so I know there was a Harvard chick that won a distance race. I just forgot which one it was. It wasn't the 10K. Of it. Was it sure the steeple? It Hold on. Hold on. I'm looking. Okay. Parker Valby yeah, from Florida. Yeah, it could have been a 3K. It could have been the steeple. Parker what? Valby from Florida won what was the 15. Steeple? What was the steeple? I'm looking. I'm looking. I double checked because I p- clicked on the wrong thing. It was Ramsden from Harvard. I looked yes. at the wrong thing. Okay. Um, The winner of the steeple was Olivia Mark Markzik. From Notre Dame. Second place That's was... That's where I'm getting the winners from. I know I had a Harvard winner, a Notre Dame winner. <laughs> he had all the winners. All yeah. the winners. You, you want the 800? Right <laughs> you want the 800? Here's the 800. Uh, Michaela Rose from LSU. I did. I watched that one live. Yes, that was it. That was a good race. Actually, didn't she go... Uh, 159. Like, yeah, she she did go sub two. Yep. 
So yeah, it, okay. it was really hot that night though. It, it was just, yeah. you know, and honestly, I didn't expect her to go sub two, but she's, she went sub two a few times already this season. Um, and she's, I think done it the most this season, um, throughout anyone in college in the collegiate field. So, um, kudos to her and, um, she deserves everything and she's only a sophomore. Right, so she's going to be a junior next year. Yeah, a lot of the people that were competing in nationals this year, I felt like were really young, young. too. It wasn't a bunch of like juniors and seniors. Like it felt like it was people who were like literally first year of competing in college. So the meet record for the Open four hundred for women, as well as the facility record, was broken um, by uh, Adelike from Texas, forty nine twenty in the four hundred. So she cruised. And the record previously was by Britton Wilson, who we all know as a great professional runner nowadays. Um, and she had a 49.36. So she beat her by 16 tenths of a second um, for that championship meet record, which I think is actually pretty impressive. 16 um, tenths or 16 hundredths? 16 hundredths. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say 16 she, 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 tenths. She, she, she Holy. It, yeah, 1.6 seconds. 49 were fried today, both in the literal, literal L- sense. Literal, figurative. figurative. <laughs> we'll talk about the literal in a second. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, I think, solid performances. And, you know, it was fun to watch. It always is fun to watch the, the D1 championships for sure. Um, so, I think, you know, moving on to the next one. Did we even talk about Oklahoma doing it in two? I don't no, think we did because I, I think, think at the time was surprised. I did call the Oklahoma in two, and I remember there was a saga of Stefan going on about, hey, well, hey, if they win if one. If they win one. And then it was like, but if they lose one, and, and then if they win game two. <laughs> Look, I was just, you know, being hopeful. You're talking about, yeah, this is what I was talking I about. I was just today. being hopeful. We're, we're, we're talking being with our hopeful. hearts. Um, <laughs> Can we talk about, too, though, the impact that Jordy Ball had not only helping lead Oklahoma to a um, national title, but then decides, you know what, I want to go home and transfers to Nebraska. The amount of tickets they had, I think, 365 season tickets, but their wait list was like 36 for people, you know, waiting in line for season tickets. They literally took over 2000 yeah i saw that season ticket orders because of just the impact of her moving home having won two national championships in a row at oklahoma and stuff like that and And now next and now next year she's going to be at nebraska so like it's going to be like the it's going to be like the whole thing where you have uh caitlin clark in iowa right mm -hmm. you know you, you have the hometown kid you know that everyone was you know looking looking at while they're in high school and then you know now you get them in the college world and and for their for their home state you're just like wow yeah like okay like let's let's support the hometown kid right mm-hmm. Let, let's make sure and, and it and is nice because like you know being in the midwest right having that support from your community um for for both teams obviously caitlin clark playing at iowa and then you had you, you got nebraska coming up and and it's like man like you know, having all this support, like, I wonder how she feels having yeah. all this support. Cause like she, she, she was, she won two national championships, mm-hmm. right? She's been killing it over in Oklahoma. <laughs> and then, and then now she's coming back home and like, it's, it's a different feeling for her, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, because now she is her, she is her. For it's, that a, yeah. it's a new chapter. <laughs> it's a new chapter for her because I mean, it's an, it's a new challenge because she's going to be with different teammates. It's going to be a different team, different expectations, um, from the team and, and, and whatnot as well. So I think there's a lot of things that she'll go through that, 
will help her grow as an individual athlete mm-hmm. for sure. And the other thing is too, Nebraska always supports University of Nebraska sports. Like they have oh, that yeah. sellout streak for football. Now this fall, they're doing an outdoor volleyball match in the football stadium. Going to shatter every volleyball attendance record while they're <laughs> out it. And like Nebraska volleyball is top huge. tier as well. It's huge. huge. Um, Big Ten volleyball. Big Ten volleyball in general is huge. Yeah. But like. You know, that match is going to be awesome. And then you've also got now, you know, Jordy Ball. That program's probably going to pick up a little bit and stuff like that. The recruits and that they're going to get because of her. Oh, my God. It's a good time to be a Nebraska fan unless you're in the, the futures. Football. If we're doing buy and sell on futures ever as a segment. <laughs> buy and sell futures. Nebraska, you want to hit the buy button right now. Hit the, yes. hit the buy button. We should talk about buying and selling, but it's for a different sport. I also don't know if we have anything else for you have anything else for softball? Do you actually want to talk about no. the championship I series mean, or do you want to just, I mean, honestly, like I, I just, I just wanted to put out there that it was what we thought it was going to be. You know, mm-hmm. Oklahoma is who we thought they were. And, um, I, I don't think Florida state's a bad program at all. I think they probably went into it truly believing that they mm-hmm. could win. But I think at the end of it, when the, you know, dust settles and after they've had a week to kind of digest the whole year, they're probably just like, you know what guys, it's okay that we lost to Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, they're, they're kicking themselves mm-hmm. that they didn't, but, and I think for that team, too, like it, it took them a little bit to gel for Florida State. But once they did, they felt like they had something special. It's just you had Oklahoma on the other yeah. side who were on a special tear of their own. I mean, 150 straight at that point. So it's I mean, we're, the, the the question, I guess, that it maybe would stem from this conversation a little bit is like, you know, where, where does college softball go from here? You know, where where do where, where does where does Oklahoma go from here and where does the field go from here? Does the field I, get better and get closer? Does Oklahoma continue to just rule the roost? I think everybody gets better because you're going to, like, Oklahoma's still going to be Oklahoma. Like, they've proven that they're going to be a dominant force now. I think moving to the SEC will be interesting for recruiting because I don't, personally, I don't know how big softball is in the SEC. Is that going to be the sports entertainment conference after Texas and... Um, Thank you. It's a good um, joke. <laughs> after after Texas and Oklahoma moved there, because it, I mean we're talking about all these sports right now, and it's mm. just like what the heck. Yeah, I honestly <laughs> with SEC and Big Ten, like there was that whole Super League and soccer and whatnot. That's basically all they are now is just super conferences. So it's to answer your question about recruiting. I think they're just going to do what, what they've been doing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think they're going to they're gonna continue doing what they've been doing for recruiting because obviously, it, it, you know, they've won three national championships in a row, right? They won 50 straight or how they many? They have the name with games. them too. Like, you know, it's, I mean? you know. So I, I feel yeah. like I feel like it's going to be the same. Um, I just feel like the, the style of play in the SEC is going to be a little bit different for them. And that's to get to your other point, mm. Jake, and is that it, it will be different just because of the style of play that they're going to play um, in the SEC, just because every conference, you know, they have a different style of yeah. how they're going to be doing things. Um, but I, I just feel like, you know, Oklahoma, they just going to go in there and just dominate. Yeah. I mean, you look at it from a football standpoint too, like the SEC is different from the big 10 who's different from the PAC 12 who's different from ACC, big 12, all that stuff. Yeah. I think it's same thing. Like, you know, you look at volleyball too. Volleyball is huge in the big 10, maybe not so much other places and stuff like that. And basketball, basketball, pretty big in like big, big 10, 10, SEC, but ACC. then you also get more 
from other teams too and stuff like that just with the way that the tournament is and whatnot so i think each sport has its own kind of like these are the conferences and the schools that are really good at it and then you know other ways they're not so much so big 10 and big 12 the but i'm good conferences Mm -hmm. and sec the sports entertainment conference there you go pac 12 i'm not i don't know you're losing it you're losing a bunch of your uh yeah, what's going to happen? Pac twelve is going to be interesting too. I mean, I guess BYU is moving there. Um, so they're losing two teams, but they're gaining but a couple ga- teams. I mean, they're too, gaining you know? a couple programs that are they're good. Up when does Oregon move, or uh, does Oregon move? I don't think Oregon's Oregon Oregon staying in the Pac twelve. But like, wh- when do you think they would want? Like, because if you're going to lose USC, UCLA, I feel like Oregon's going to see like, oh, so we can make money elsewhere. Gonzaga is an, an interesting player in this whole thing too because they've been a great basketball school. And like when it comes to sports in general, they normally are involved in a lot of sports. Obviously, they don't have football. So that's why conferences haven't wanted a school like Gonzaga in the past. I think with a lot of these movements of everything, I think the Pac-12 is going to be a lot more open to a school like Gonzaga coming in because they provide... It boosts at least basketball. They provide viewership yeah. from the state of Washington. And I guess and cross-country track, but... Yeah, I mean, the WCC is very good um, when it comes to, well, they, they have their teams in the cross-country. I mean, Portland is one of the best cross-country teams, distance programs in the country, WCC. BYU is one of the best distance programs in the country, WCC. Gonzaga, Pat Tyson has done an incredible work there, and it's it's pretty cool to see them always having somebody at Nationals doing what they're doing. Um, and so the, the WCC's had good sports and not just not just in running right yeah i mean basketball gonzaga gets there st mary's has gotten there sometimes you get pepperdine there and they do well you get mm-hmm. Saint, santa clara like they, they do their thing S- soccer i think they're actually pretty good that's huge out west um so rowing you know you talk about just these kind of mm-hmm. these second just the, sports. yeah the right yeah and 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 they're they're very good at rowing and you know they have had a good volleyball program and i mean sand volleyball is a thing that's out there so I, I think there is some movement that's going to happen into the Pac-12. Um, obviously, SDSU and BYU jumping in, and those are both good institutions for athletics mm-hmm. as well as everything else too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was that was kind of some fun college talk that we binged right there. Want to do some baseball? Yeah, I think that's good. Yesterday, yesterday we we all had a, a field trip. I didn't bring Kudos my mom, to though. I almost got lost. <laughs> his, 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 uh, his pal. Yeah, uh, shout out to Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. We <laughs> all you, Brandon. had a great time. On it. Um, we even got, had, a, had a lucky fan get to join us because Brandon wasn't able to be there. Shout out to Andrew. So I'm Andrew not, I'm not doing it for Andrew, though. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> even though he listens, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't um, be bothered to push the button again. I know, there's just... So many times we can press the clap button. But what a good game, right? Yeah, if you're a Twins fan. Let me. Yeah, well, okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let me I just mean, say, I did say Joe Ryan is going to shove. I only said seven. He went all nine. So, Dude, he, what, what I was hearing on ESPN radio this morning was if there was a Sistine Chapel in Minnesota Twins baseball, Joe Ryan <laughs> pitched a masterpiece. That's that's literally what they were talking about. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding. I mean, like, it's great. It's great. It's a nine inning shutout. It's fantastic. But like, we're we're in the early part of the season still. Like, I, I get it. It's, it's getting. It to was the a mid- great yeah. performance by him. And now Maeda, we we actually we saw him signing balls and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff yesterday. 
should have had your gloves signed. <laughs> uh, he's pitching tonight now. Um, he got the go ahead tonight against Detroit. So, um, but Twins able to even the series up as Red Sox and a Twins fan. Um, you can't be happier when something's split like that. But I was wearing my Red Sox gear yesterday, so I was a little bit di- disappointed um, that they couldn't win that series because they do need to win the series if they want to get to the play. <laughs> if they want to get to the playoffs, they got they got to do better than the Twins here. I would I would say so do the Twins. And like one thing on Ryan too, a lot of his pitches were missing barrels, which was big. I mean, he had a couple of longer fly balls, but like watching some of his strikeouts like his changeup was just moving on hitters like he, he was just dialed in from the word they could go not to i mean they had three or four at bats in that game mm-hmm. and they could not figure out his pitches the well, entire he time he went down 3-0 a couple times too like a lot of times he was getting that first pitch strike which is what you want to do to get ahead on guys but like he went down 3-0 a couple times battled back and then was able to get the outs and stuff and how about Byron Buxton saw a little bit of history yesterday too. Byron Buxton, first player in Statcast era to have two 460 foot plus home runs in the same game. Um, Shout out to the Boston Red Sox bullpen. <laughs> bullpen day for the Red Sox. Two quick <laughs> ones, and then I mean, Jeez. Buxton literally almost hit identical home runs, except they were just to different parts of the park. It, but they, like I his mean, second one was probably more impressive, just because like he hit it like deep left center field, second deck, like. Well, at that point, as a pitcher, you're you're learning too. Like mm-hmm. you're like, okay, you can't just be leaving things high. It, yeah. It, like so, it it is what it is. Um, again, excited for the Twins because that's I think a good jump into hopefully a series now where, you know, they got kicked around by Detroit last time, they played them. So now the expectation is, um, hopefully using this as a as a springboard into this series um, with Detroit, and hopefully the Twins can get it done. That is that is true. All right, I have a couple of scenarios, couple of couple of talking points here. I like it. Um, firstly, uh, All Star voting is happening. If you want to get your favorite players see All Star game, we're down to the final. So it's the top two at each position, plus then like the top six outfielders to try to get them as All Star starters uh, here over the weekend. Um, one position battle that I want to point out is between two uh different players now one player is upset that he is not more ahead in um the uh ballot voting and the other one being completely bluntly honest deserves to be ahead now i am going to read off stats for you guys and i want to have you guys vote on who you would pick Based off of batting stats here, this is for designated hitter. Uh, league is unnamed. Uh, so far this season, player A has 284 at-bats, 83 hits for an average of 292. Has uh, 58 RBIs, uh, 24 home runs, 39 walks, 71 strikeouts in 74 games played. Player 2. How many strikeouts? Uh, 71. 156 at-bats for player 2. Um, 41 hits in those at bats, 263, uh, 16 RBIs, 27 walks, 69 strikeouts. Based off of those stats, player A or player B? You're going to get a lot of strikeouts. <laughs> a? Yeah, we're going to have to go with A. Okay, player A is Shohei Otani. Player B is Brandon Belt. The current All-Star update has Shohei Otani at about 1.9 million fan votes to Brandon Belt's 500,000. 
and Brandon Belt is upset because he feels like he should be farther ahead and closer to Otani, if not over him, because he is, quote, a better leader than Otani is. Well, that's not what people vote on. <laughs> even if even if it was true. And I and, and I don't think any of us can figure that out today. So but I would first say- off, first off, let's <laughs> let's just backtrack, right? So when you turn your TV on and you watch Sports Center, right? And they're 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 on the baseball segment, right? They know who their are they stars. talking about? They know who, their stars. They, they know no, their stars. I, I just want to know who are they talking about? They're talking about Shohei, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> Otani Otani <laughs> is leading the Angels in every statistical stat. And admittedly, Belt was more joking and whatnot, but he was like, Yeah, that's how you know it's rigged. I should be number one. And everybody knows I'm a better hitter than he is, better DH, better leader, you know, kind of poking fun at it. But let's also be honest, Otani is doing things we have never seen in baseball before. He leads his team in every statistical stat. Were the strikeouts possible. you said like swinging strikeouts? Swinging, yeah, as a or, hitter, it was okay. 71 strikeouts. How many, what, where are his stats as a pitcher? Because what position a, does Belt play? Is so he belt is a DH. So he doesn't, but he doesn't. He doesn't, do, you know he doesn't like, pitch. He doesn't do anything except DH and maybe nah, play first base. But, but, but think they have about Vladdy at first base. How good do you have to be as a player to be a to, starting, to be a starting pitcher, pitcher and, and be in the first Wait, like just the first to be before. a starting pitcher that's, you know that's I mean? good enough to be like considered a not not a fifth pitcher in a rotation mm-hmm. or a fourth pitcher that's kind of like rotated in and out sometimes whatever. Otani's like a solidified. You're in their starting rotation. Easily, like, <laughs> just this year. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm trying As an to find athlete, this. he's insane. Nobody's done what he's been doing, like, since Babe, ever. Babe, I mean, since Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth and, did it for but, two years. And and that was a different time and different era. The game was totally different back then, but mm-hmm. still, like. But that's but the ha- only other one that. You can split Shohei into two people. And he'd still and be. And he'll still be an all-star. Both people would Both be a people, star. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like if he was a pitcher, if he was just a pitcher, he'd be an all-star. If he Are was we just all a hitter, agreeing he'd be on something? All-star. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this, this never and happens. Like, admittedly, this is like an eclipse. Admittedly, <laughs> Shohei is two and three in his last three starts as a pitcher. Um, has gone, you know, up and down and whatnot. But it like what he's not allowed over eight hits. He had one game where there was four runs or whatever, but like, you know, he still had like 10 strikeouts, 6 strikeouts, 6 strikeouts, 12 strikeouts. So, like, he's been pitching rather well even over the past couple, even though maybe it's more down and whatnot, but he still has, like, a 2-5 ERA. But but to understand um, how good he's been playing on both sides of the ball nobody in the does same, in the same game. But time out, in time the out. Same game. Otani has, like, been in the conversation of being a, like, AL MVP AMVP, uh I mean, Silver is Slugger. he up for Cy? He Young, would be potentially. He like I'm be, saying, would. he's up for all these things. What is all I'm saying? What is Belt shooting? All for I'm saying year? is, after this year, Shohei is going to the Dodgers. I've That's never heard of Belt. I've never heard of Belt. I'm not. I'm not a Fairweather fan either. He he was in San Francisco. Is that where he? So, so he was in San Francisco. He signed on a um, free agent contract this year, and then he said that now he's been traded. No, he no. Well, if he said that, he's looking at the wrong division because he would be in the NL. But like That's this year, true. he's in the AL and stuff like that. So, uh, Otani's pitching stats this year: he's six and three in fifteen games started. Has a three one three ERA, respectable. Um, it's a top three rotation start. Eighty nine innings pitch has one hundred seventeen strikeouts. Um, has hit more batters it's this year point. and had more wild pitches, but I think he's also getting a lot of spin rate on his pitches too. So like that in and of itself, like the things he's doing with the baseball, let alone 
how he's pitching and whatnot. Uh, his batting statistics are even more insane with um, batting average being up over 290. He has 24 home runs, 58 RBI, leading the AL in both. Uh, his slugging percentage is a 616. Uh, OPS almost 1,000. Like, he's doing a lot of things and carrying an Angels team who would be expecting to have Mike Trout with them, but Mike Trout is having a down year where he's only projected to hit 34 home runs. Notice how I said that. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see not only what happens with Otani and stuff like that, but, like, I, I hope he wins by, like, 2 million votes <laughs> for a designated hitter. And then also starting pitcher. pitcher yeah. Um, that would be interesting. I think the voting window closes I, 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 here. I think, I think that is why... You know, was a Byron Belt? Is that what you said? Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt. Okay, mm-hmm. so Brandon Belt. This is why he's upset. It's because of how good Shohei is. Because if you think about it, he's just like, well, he could just be a pitcher. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have yeah. to be the DH right now for the All Star team. He can just mm-hmm. be the pitcher. And, and and for Shohei to be as good as he is, you know, you're gonna have some hate. You're gonna have yeah. you know someone that's gonna be like. Well, why don't you just do that instead? Focus on you know, one thing, focus yeah. on one thing instead of focusing on two. But don't just hate well, the player, man. He hate used the game. to play right field too, and then they're like, "No, nah, it's going to be too much on his arm and whatnot." So they took him out of right field, made him pitcher DH. So um, they have kind of changed around how he plays and stuff like that. But yeah, it'll um, all star uh, rosters I think get announced here the second weekend in July. And then they'll be on all-star break out in Seattle. Uh, Julio Rodriguez just said that he will be participating out in Seattle. The um, the kid as he's kind of being the kid junior kind of because Ken Griffey Jr. was the kid. And now um, Rodriguez giving a lot of excitement out to the Mariners. Uh, that is not necessarily his nickname. That's just what I referred to him in my head. I don't know why. Uh, other thing I want to talk about, Oakland. Um, if you don't know the Oakland... Uh, Belt plays for the Blue Jays now. I can't even remember yeah. if you said that. I know you mentioned yep. Giants, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was on the Giants. I figured Sorry. Steph might know off the Giants, but is on the Blue Jays now. Um, speaking of Oakland, um, with oh yeah, the <laughs> Athletics. Too. Um, this it's been a wild time to be an Athletics fan for sure. So they did a reverse boycott, sold out the stadium. Uh, was like 27,000 fans, which I think was basically capacity that they could actually hold for the it's amount a, of tickets they had. It's an record since the days of uh, being, yeah. being the G. And um, first off, the MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred's response was, it's great that they could hit an average ticket sales for an MLB game this year. Um, <laughs> what a response. Um, but then there was more story to it, so... Oakland was told that their end of the deal to keep the team in Oakland was they needed 55 acres of land to build not only a ballpark, but then also set up for like residential spots and retail and like entertainment spots and stuff like that. Like they basically needed to make like the Oakland athletics wonderland in a sense to be able to keep the team in Oakland who has 55 acres of land. I don't know. But especially out in Oakland, like, I don't know where you're going to find you're, that. You're, not, you're not, not finding that. No. So then word came that Vegas was only told that they needed nine acres of land to make a 30,000-seat ballpark for A's to move out there. And that's currently working its way through the Nevada um, legislature Supreme and Court, Supreme yeah, Court and stuff, stuff like that. Um, to which Oakland then responds, hey— like, 
what the heck? Like, why didn't we get that um, type of deal. offer, that type of deal? Because they would have just jumped on that immediately and said, yeah, let's do it. We have the land, blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's kind of been a whole ordeal now is that the I mean, MLB even wasn't. I, I say the difference, right, is because in Vegas, you're not going to find 55 acres of land either because of all the stuff that they have there. Mm-hmm. Vegas is an entertainment district. Vegas has that plot of land that they need though banked out it's like in the tropicana square area they've 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 built they have something ready that they've presented that's been approved basically no no, i know but i'm just saying like the difference is they are entertainment districts and they and they would be readily available they'll be be readily the the difference is because oakland they need to have 55 they need to build it up to have that entertainment and there's like a there's an area in oakland that has been talked about that i don't know if it's it's not like the warehouse district but it's like a train yard old train yard area just move to san fran like uh golden state San Fran already has San a team. San Fran already has a team. No. Like I but that's but that's or like move to Santa Clara, right? Mm-hmm. You you move outside of the the city itself. It's not like you can't have two teams in San Fran. LA has two teams. <laughs> like there there's there's cities that have multiple, mm-hmm. you know, teams for that respective sport. So And I think for city wise LA might be the only one. For yeah, it could be. I don't New York, well, New York, Chicago. They're, they're, New York they're in different like no, New York, New, the Jets and uh, the Giants, Giants are playing in, the same Giants, stadium. Giants are in, or, uh, Chicago. Jets are in Jersey. Chicago, yeah, because you Cubs got the and Sox, Sox and the Cubs. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the other one. I think I think what my thought process concern is, is like, if you want to move to Vegas, just make a team out in Vegas. MLB has toyed with expansion it hasn't been anything talked about, kind of like more what we hear maybe in like the NBA or even have seen with the NHL. But if you want to have teams out in Vegas, just make a new team out in Vegas. You then have the money. Like you're going to make more money with the team anyways. I mean, we've seen it now with with how uh, we've seen the, the AL East anyway yeah. in baseball. Yeah. We, need to, we need to shuffle up these divisions. So let's do just divisions of four. Let's get 32 teams. Yep. Let's, add, let's add a Vegas team and let's add a team somewhere in – I don't know Portland or Nashville, Nashville or Omaha. wherever you know. Omaha. Yeah, Omaha. They already have um, a ballpark, <laughs> but like that's what it just it would make more sense to then have Vegas be like a expansion team versus moving a whole franchise. And if anything, we're seeing now that when the MLB maybe gets to and decides the point of hey, we want to add expansion teams, especially with the reverse boycott and the way that Oakland fans are just kind of speaking out and saying, Hey, we want to keep the team here. Like we want to have the team be a part of this still. I think Oakland would be a great team for possible expansion, but it just, it stinks. And like you're seeing now more and more, I think, especially in baseball with teams who are in smaller markets are being told, Hey, you need to do this with your stadium. Otherwise we're possibly going to threaten to have you, relocated and moved and whatnot and i i just yeah. i think it's bad for baseball well it is and regardless the a's next year play in oakland to play out their lease so the earliest they'd be in vegas would be the 2025 season um and if they're in vegas in 2025 the actual like envision ballpark they're saying in vegas wouldn't be ready until 2028 um, so they'd be sharing a ballpark if they moved to vegas with a triple a squad that's already there so you know, would that stadium be big enough to host a professional team? 
Like, like, well, I mean, how the major is it with the ace fans that show up now? Yeah, with the yeah, I mean, it would be fine. Plus, the that ballpark I've heard actually has like mesh seats. You're talking about the AAA one, yeah? They have mesh seats so that like you get like a breeze and whatnot, so it's not like the north, like the seats we had yesterday. Like, yeah. you, you have a straight little more leather. like, yeah, straight leather and also just whatever hard plastic. Like, they have mesh seat backs, um, that fans can sit in that I've seen and heard of, so like that is a neat feature talking about seats, but um, no, I think in terms of that, like you, you have to watch like business kind of drum up and stuff like that. And like, I feel like all for the start, it's going to be a lot of people who are like, Oh what's, yeah, we'll what's go. the capacity of that stadium. Uh, I'll look it up. Cause I, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking about like, it's the MLB. If it's in Vegas, right? If it's in Vegas, you know, 46,847. And how many were there? 27,000. <laughs> They sold out with 27,000. There's no way. Capacity baseball, 46,847. Expandable to 56,782. Oakland A's. County Coliseum. Wow. So did they sell out at 47,000? Is that what it was? Or was it 27,000? 27,000. I think it, like I labeled it as a sellout, but like you look at the (laughs) attendance and stuff like that and like, especially with the way that the A's have blocked off seats before and whatnot, especially if they aren't selling them, like, for I what was available. I think there are available. some stadiums, like, stadiums have gotten insane. Like, if we want to kind of go off on a tangent here, stadiums are getting so big where it's like, what are we doing? Like, the Final Four should be played in an NBA arena, and it's played in a flipping football stadium to sell seats, and it's it's echoing, it's it, it's not... You lose. If, you're in the, if, you're, if you're, you know, at the... the what the blood nose seats or whatever mm. it was nosebleed the nosebleeds or whatever you're not yeah. you're not you're not seeing the game no because you're in a football stadium you're it's not, not even you're not even me- it's not meant for basketball I, I just hate that you know they do that and and they can't you need, you can't even sports see the game. need why to be go? played in the venues they're in there's a reason why wimbledon's at wimbledon and they don't say hey we're gonna have a hundred thousand seats and go play at the blue the big house and because we can sell more tickets to to show wimbledon that's you know that's not what you do you know what i'm glad about for allianz field up in Minneapolis, St. Paul for Minnesota United. It's they like made 14, it. Yeah, 12. they made it though to a soccer stadium and not yeah. like massive. It's not extra. And that's that's what these so the AAA stadium probably is the perfect size for a baseball team. They could move in there. It's just there's um, a team occupying it already. It's it's, what's it's the, frustrating the, what, when there's What's the capacity? 46,000 he said. You said for the A's for the current stadium. No, no, oh. no, no. Oh, for, for the, the Las Vegas ballpark. Hold on. Looking, looking, looking. Because um, if they sell that at 27,000 and... 10,000. Ten. Record attendance is 12,111. What's their, yeah, what's their average there. What's their average attendance for the A's this year? For the A's is like 5,000. So you're fine. I mean, honestly, no, like that's this, this. This is the difference, though. This is what I'm trying. Mm. This is what I'm trying. It's to, difference the, in it, size. The di- the difference is that they're going to be in Vegas. Yeah, everyone's going to want to go to a baseball. Yeah, game people in are going to go to the people will go to the game there for sure well, because there's people out of town visiting and they're like, hey, a baseball game, a that's professional what, that's game. That's what going I'm saying. On. So I think that they're going to have more attendance than mm. just five, ten thousand people. I would for imagine expanding. if we're <laughs> if we're voting. I would imagine expanding. that. The triple A owners would also probably be like, oh, you want to come play here? Well, if you help pay for like renovations and stuff, we can make it. And then they have more capacity, more money available, and stuff like that. So add seats. So that'll take a lot then, shorter of a time than building a whole new stadium. And then um, also could say like, oh, well, then we'll just be your triple A affiliate. I'm just saying this Las Vegas ballpark that they have right now 
if if <laughs> like there's lounge chairs, deck patio type seating. Oh, it's a nice. At. There's it's foosball nice. tables yep. that people can play. You don't want to ruin that. Triple A and like the St. Paul Saints, people say that's the fun thing to go to. Um, and in the city's obviously Twins games are phenomenal. But like people will say like, hey, I've got a bunch of kids. I'm gonna go to St. Paul Saints game because it's more fun. There's just activities for family and there's it's just uh, it's a different setting. So like Triple A, that's what I mean, it's meant to be. It's not meant to be just everybody's in seats watching. I went to a Saints game earlier this year. Um, and honestly, like the atmosphere is a little bit different, obviously, because it's a smaller, a smaller stadium, but it, it's also not as crowded. Yeah. It's like going to, you know, Target Field or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's more family friendly, I would say, going to a Saints game than it is going to a Twins game. Um, so so I do understand, like, if, if you have kids, go to a Saints game. Yeah. You know? I think they'll get more enjoyment out of it. It's a little... It's more interactive. They can do yeah. stuff. They can actually walk around the ballpark yep. a little bit more. If you have somebody who is more like into sports, like growing up, I was just more into Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, all that stuff. Like I would have rather gone to it. But See if you're a kid who's just like, I just want to go to a baseball game and have fun or, you know, doesn't care as much. I mean, and you still want to go do it. I'd go to a Saints game. And then I did bring the, uh, the whole, the whole clan besides our, our littlest one to a game at, at, <laughs> at uh target field this week too got a t-shirt and yes sloan got a t-shirt she uh cora got a backpack um with a comic a twins comic book with thor in it uh and all that so that was kind of cool um and they got to have like a souvenir cup with ice cream and all that fun stuff but at the same time i do think they probably would have had more fun in the saint paul saints game and you see a pig at the saints oh would you they rather can, see a pig or a bear they can sit down on the grass too mm-hmm. um, like at, they have a, a burn game, more they, like yeah and that's that's what I'm saying is like I think these AAA ballparks are meant to just be more like chill, family and interactive, like, yeah, and and le- and more like open to being flexible with stuff versus like hey here's your seats. So, um, right. but yeah, no good talk on the A's. I have one more question, and it's going to involve your favorite teams. Oh We're keeping it to the favorite teams for reasons. I like it. Do you want your favorite teams? At the trade deadline, done, you get both the Red Sox and Twins. Do you want your favorite teams at the trade deadline to be buyers or sellers? I mean, well, I'd want them to be buyers. That means they're doing good. Well, they think they have a shot. This year, though, right now, current circumstances. I mean, they're guys I want to get rid of. So you're thinking... For the Red Sox. Sellers for the Red Sox. But... They're still, I, I, I'm, and maybe I'm holding on to false hope here. Both of you can chime in if you think I am. I think the, the Red Sox still have a shot. So I'd want to say, and they have, they haven't spent on like when we went down like the list of money for teams and how much they've spent and mm-hmm. whatnot, the, the Red Sox have money that they can spend. So I, I think it kind of depends on who's out there and if it's going to be a starting rotation pitcher, if it's going to be a relief pitcher, if it's going to be another bat. So if you can buy those three things as the Red Sox and Boston has money to do stuff like that, then I want to be a buyer for the Red Sox. But if that stuff doesn't become available at trade deadline, then I, I think you, you sell some stuff. I, I, I sell some of the rentals and just kind of like the Red Sox are, are a, a, a team that I feel like they don't rebuild, they reload. Mm-hmm. And it's and this year it's kind of just been interesting because of how good the entire AL East is, you know, the biggest difference is the Orioles are good. The Blue Jays are good. Like th- those teams in his historically haven't been great. 
So now that those teams are good and you've got obviously the Yankees up there and the Rays have been up and down throughout the years, they've been more good, you know, in the past decade than not. So I think it's just, it's a tougher division. As we all know, it's one of the toughest divisions. And I think Stefan would say the same thing about his Dodgers too, is they're, you know, in one of the toughest divisions. So it, it is what it is, but I, I would hope both teams are buyers is what I hope for. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think with where the Red Sox, I, I don't know. It's, you could be holding on to false hope, but I also think like you're chasing the Blue Jays right now. Blue Jays and Astros, kind of more Yankees. As well. you're, like, you're chasing the third spot, and you're hoping mm-hmm. a wild card, and then and then you get in that way, and yeah, and that's, like that's gonna be good enough to. They're to, in the thick of the wild down. card, but I think at the same time, it's just with how stacked the AL side is, especially going for the wild cards now. Even I mean, you've got Yankees on 41 wins, Blue Jays on 41 wins, Astros and Angels on 41 wins. It's it's going to be tough, but I also think, like like you said, there has to be somebody that they know will help add in and bring in. So, yeah, Steph, what about your Dodgers? Man, that's tough. Look, I, 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 I've been saying it since, you know, the end of last season, especially when they, you know, they lost Trey Turner, Justin Turner. Like, it sucked, right? They, they lost two big hitters for that team. Um, and, and, you know, they added a couple of pieces to it, but honestly, the it's Dodgers, a young team, it's, it, it, it is a young team, but I mean, the Dodgers need to be buyers in this, in, in this, in this instance. And they um, have the money too, because they, they have, they're in LA young contracts and they're, but they have younger con. Yeah. You know, newer so, contracts. so, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do it this year. Um, but I don't, I don't know how good they're going to be through the, throughout the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're right now they're just declining. Right, they haven't been winning games. They're actually losing more games than winning as of late. Um, so honestly, I say wait until next year. Um, wait until Shohei's contract and you know ends and, and go for Shohei and Angels and just go for Shohei. Honestly, I I, I I think I think um, you know if it was if if I was Shohei, I'd be like, oh, I don't have to leave L.A. I can stay in my same house. I don't have to do anything crazy. I just switch teams. Or right? or because there's going to be a lot of Anaheim uproar, just come to Boston. You don't have to deal with the West Coast then. And I feel like that would be more Anaheim uproar is going out to the AL East. I, f- I feel like they have more of a, of a I, I guess, Asian community in, 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 uh, in California LA than, Boston. <laughs> than in Boston. That's, that's probably true. I, I feel like he would stay someplace more West Coast, but I also think it's who's at the table offering him money. Um, I think the Dodgers are in an interesting spot too because they're, they're in a wild card spot right now. Like the NL Central sucks. Uh, apart from the Miami or Marlins, there isn't really anybody in the NL East besides the Braves, but the Braves are six games clear. How about the same question for you um, about your Brewers, Jake? I'm getting there. Uh, and then they're just trailing the Giants by half a game. So I think with the with the, with the the Dodgers, it'll be interesting. With the Brewers, I want them to sell. I want to close this window. I want to build for the future because well, our um, Burns... I think I think the writing's on the wall at that one, and it sucks. But um, with the pitching that we have coming up behind him, it is okay to get rid of one ace. He hasn't been doing as well this year, and if he finds, you know, his spark for somebody great, he has one more year arbitration, and then he's a free agent anyways. And we'd probably have to deal him after the season. So the deal Red him Sox now. Red Sox are a good place for him then. Red Sox, hey. Actually, what's what you offering? <laughs> um, you want them? Go ahead. Um, we'll and, and it's definitely opens up caps. <laughs> it's definitely not anything that I'm like. I don't like Corbin Burns or anything like that. I just think that the relationship soured with the front office when they went to arbitration over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. 
he's won a Cy Young and whatnot, like pay the dude. What's the difference between 10.1 or 10.01 million and 10.75 million? Like just pay him. And we didn't do that, kind of soured the relationship and whatnot. The ownership's not going to want to pay him after the next couple of years anyway. So it's like deal him and get prospects because we love to get our homegrown players. We have enough coming up through the ranks anyways that trying to go out and get a bat or something like that, the lineup's just crap anyways. Just get prospects in return, get guys who will be able to contribute to the future in return and just kind of start the rebuild. We've been trying to put it off and put it off and put it off for so long that we aren't fortunate enough to be in the Red Sox position where it's like we retool instead of rebuild. We kind of have to rebuild. Yeah. So, I don't Market know. Market-wise, they're a lot more like the Twins mm-hmm. than like the Red Sox or the Dodgers. Where we have sure. to rely on prospects yeah. and homegrown players to be yeah. able to come up and contribute and Unfortunately, too, like we've just had a boatload of injuries that we've just been very inconsistent. We're ha- game and a half out of the Central right now. The Reds, who are hotter than hot, uh, 11 straight wins. Um, we were going over like who the experts think are tier one of mm-hmm. chances at like winning this thing this year still and tier two. Yeah. I mean, Twins were still in tier one. Twins were in. Part of it is that obviously the division that they're in, but also, I mean, if. They have the pieces to just do something. Their pitching and like staff their pitching staff. On, Maeda starts getting hot. Like they, they do have. They they need to retool with relievers. That is what they need. And get Max Kepler out of the lineup. If I'm being honest, their batting God. average is really low. Get Max Kepler out of the Kepler, batting lineup for the love of God. He might be in the hundreds it's really low. he has a bad night. But even for the DH, it's still like, what, point two something? They got They don't have a guy over 60 hits this year. And um, Luis Arise, who got traded to Miami for Paulo Lopez, I, people can say what they want. It was a good trade because they got starting pitching, and Lopez is a good pitcher. But Arise is batting 400, <laughs> and is most likely going to his first, second All Star game, and will probably be starting for the NL. So, um, yeah, I Just don't know. Shot themselves I, in the foot. I think they did, and I think there was a whole debate about whether they should give up Buxton or Arise. I think they're not going to give up Buxton because Buxton's homegrown. Mm-hmm. Well, and Arise was Hi- well, Arise was too though. Hindsight, mm. hindsight, yeah. Kepler, nobody wants Kepler. I mean, Kepler gone, Arise stays. Well, the, yes, <laughs> At yes. The start, I'm just saying, if yeah. they would have done that, I, I just, I don't know that you would have gotten Lopez for Kepler though. Yeah. I think with that trade. And I think that there was such a need for – I don't think that they saw the offense being this bad on the Twins' side. Um, same well, you thing have with, Correa, too, so you you, you, you would think, think – I think you know, Correa, Correa should be is, 260 at worst for a hitter, and he's currently he's, he's in the like, 220s. Yeah, it's bad. And I get that, like, going up and down. Same thing with Buxton. It's hard to get in a swing when you're injured a lot, but at the same time, it's like – it feels like now they're going for a home run. I mean, we but saw their, their power – we're, we saw their power because he can't field because he gets I, hurt in the field. Yeah, but but um, we saw their power yesterday. They just don't have the contact to go with it. It's, you know. Yeah. So anything else you want to talk about? Major League Baseball, no. I mean, we got that. I know uh, before we get to the, the sport that I know Stefan's about to <laughs> go off on probably. Um. Summer stuff coming up. We, we we may or may not touch on some of this or a lot of it as we go through the summer, but just what's you know coming up, I guess, is Tour de France is coming up here in July. That's always fun to kind of watch. It, it's easy to like 
it's kind of like golf. I guess you can fall asleep on the couch watching it and whatever, <laughs> but it's really fun to like record and watch. Anyway, um, Euro qualifiers are going on right now. Um, the women's world cup is, is coming up here at the end of July, um, which should be a lot of fun. Um, both Abby Morgan and Megan, uh, Rapino both made the squad. Um, so that's exciting for uh, women, women's uh, USA team fans. And then, um, I mean, the NBA draft just happened, NHL draft. So, like, NBA draft slash NBA talk. Wrap-up question for everybody. West <laughs> is still the best, and is there a new king in the West? Is is Denver going to be really hard to dethrone um, in the West? And And... I mean, I, if I'm being honest, I have to see more because I, I know how good they are and how good their players are. But, like, as you saw the year before, not this past year, obviously they won the championship, but the year before, like, they didn't make it past the second round, right? Like, like there are years, and, and they didn't have Jamal Murray either, even though he was injured. Like, I get it, but I want to see it again, you know? If I can see it again, then I'm just like, okay, yeah, they're here to stay. I have to see it at least one more time so I can know like how dominant they're really going to be in the playoffs. Um, because like, if we look at it, you know, last year's champion when you had the golden state warriors, the golden state warriors didn't even have a full roster, right? They won an NBA championship based off of experience, not because they had the pieces, but because they, they had the right matchups and they were just able to get the wins. Right. So in, in all honesty, it could be a toss up, you know, maybe the Denver nuggets might get, you know, a bad matchup next year and they just lose, or maybe they just get all the matchups they want and just win it all again. It, it That's when it comes, to, that's what it comes down to when it comes down to the playoffs is what matchups do you have? What team are you playing against? Um, and the same thing that goes, you know, for the East, like we might not see Miami heat back in the conference. I mean the, in the, the championship with Jimmy Butler ever again, we might not see it again. Right, unless they get more pieces, but they have the right matchups. As in, you know, the Bucks, Giannis got hurt. Right, he wasn't hurt the whole series, but he was hurt in in the games that they needed him the most. Right, and then you look at uh, New York. New York just couldn't beat Miami. New York just wasn't good enough. They didn't have the players. Right, and then you had Julius Randle. He was hurt, but he just didn't play good the whole series. Right, and then you have Boston, and that was a different story. Boston even came back and they tied the series three three. Right. So so it, it'd be different if they got swept. But like if you look at it, the matchups like if Boston would have won the f- game one, the series would have been different. So, OK, we're going to do like a believer or non-believer section right now real quick then. So Denver Nuggets, are you a believer in that team or are you a not believer in that team? I mean, I believe they can go far in the playoffs, but I, I have to see but more. But being a championship team. I, I have to see more. Team. Again, I have to see more again. I want to see okay. them go back to back. Let me so see not them go back to back. I'm not a believer. Okay, okay. So I'm not a believer. Jaken? Believer. You're a believer in the Nuggets? I think after... Um, and, and looking at draft, if you, you can look at draft for like some of these teams that I'm going to ask. I'm not going to look at draft because players got to prove themselves. What I am going to say is I think the front office, the organization, and the players that played on the court did enough for me to say, yeah, this team... Because what I said at the beginning of the playoffs was that they had to prove that they were for real by going out and winning that first series and making no, and they continued to do that. And yes, they got challenged, but every, you know, they got right back up, right back on the horse. Shout out Nikola Jokic made it to his horse races, the, um, after the parade and whatnot. But yeah, he, I think they did enough to make me a believer in the team. Miami heat 
Believer or non-believer? Non-believer. Non-believer? Um, just straight up non-believer. You just think they can't retain it? I... They need I, another was, person. You think it was they, a magical run? I don't think it was a magical run. I think they were supposed to be there, but I think that it, they have to go through the offseason and address some needs, especially, like, kind of at the guard spot. I don't think that they had bad guards. I just... Well, what about when they're healthy? Because when they're healthy? be healthier next year, right? I mean, if, if they don't trade Hero or whatever, like, right? If they have... I think the Celtics are still better. I think the no, no, Sixers no. are still better, and I think that Take Bucks are still picture. better. Just, just a so non-believer. Non-believer. Uh, Steph, how about you? I'm not, not a believer. They're not making the finals again. <laughs> That's why I just said if it, it, they, I don't think they're going to make the finals again with okay. Jimmy Butler it, unless they add another piece, and that window has closed already. Yep. Okay. How about um, how about the Celtics? Believer. You're a believer, and then next year. I like the trade with Porzingis. Yeah, I yeah. Too. I think we were, we were talking about it too. I'm just mm-hmm. like they, they needed another big man, and yeah. they needed a big man that can score. Yeah, Porzingis can score. I mean, he had he has his up and down years, but in all in all, if he has the right team, the right players around him, I think that that Porzingis can be really great. He just needs to be put into the right spot. Porzingis can kind of take that all Horford role of we need offensive help, and then Williams can still come in and still be that enforcer, rebounder, defender. Yep. Uh, Phoenix Suns, non-believer. They just added um, Chris Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul just Man, no, 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 no. They Paul's on they, the Warriors now. The Warriors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they so, uh, they, they picked up the Bradley Beal. They picked the Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Yeah. I don't so, see how that's a fit. Sorry. No, I don't either. No, you you're you're right. You're right. I I don't think it's a fit just because of Bradley Beal the way that he plays. I'm not saying Bradley Beal is a bad player or he's not a good player or anything. I love Bradley Beal. I think he's an awesome player. It's just the fit with the players that he is playing with. He he. He has to show me that he's able to play with other superstars, right? Because we've seen him play with John Wall a little bit, but it, it was just a sample size, right? I want to see him. Obviously, we're going to see him play with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, right? The yep. only the only thing that sucks about the Phoenix Sun is that they don't have a bench. They don't have anyone coming off the bench that can just give them points or give them good minutes. You know what I mean? That is why I'm not a believer is because they... They continue to think it's the starting lineup that's the issue when in reality it's their bench and the supporting cast they have around the starters. They have the starters to make a run. They yep. don't have the supporting cast. Honestly, I think they should have just kept the team. They, they shouldn't have traded for Bradley Beal. I think they still went far. They just needed to add more pieces to come off the bench. And I don't think Beal adds what they need. Like Chris Paul was able to be a playmaker and able to make plays for the team, but... Now Beal is like you're asking. I feel like they're going to ask him to be more of a facilitator. That's not really Beal's game. He's so, not. No. no. And and, and I think what they're what's going to happen is that they're going to end up moving Devin Booker to point guard, having Beal at two, and then KD at three. But then again, you're going to need you're you're still missing that fourth option, right? Because you're going to have hopefully they still have DeAndre Ayton at five, right? But you still need that fo- that that you know that power forward, mm-hmm. right? Who's yeah. that going to be, right? If you're talking about having a great squad, like you, you might not need a person that's going to give you gut numbers, you know, offensively, but we need rebounds. Yep. Right? And I, th- I think this trade was a, we want to win now. There isn't really like a clear cut way to win now. We need to add a splash. All right, we're just going to hurry up and trade for this guy. Like it was kind of like an instinctual, like here's a trade. Boom, get his big name player and kind of do it that way. So I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Right hey, now on paper, all, I. All I'm saying is, if they can have, you know, Beal, KD, and Booker put up freaking twenty five points each a game, 
I say they'll be a hard team to beat, but offense doesn't win championships. Yeah. Right. And I, and I don't know if there's a lot of other teams that right now, I mean, obviously when the dust settles and everything, there'll be more teams to really talk about, you know, Portland's keeping Lillard. I mean, Sacramento Kings, I guess, could be out of this conversation. Are you a believer in them? Give me another year. Nope, I'm not a believer in the not Sacramento believer. Kings. I, I would I'm, say uh, right I'm now sorry. I'm not a believer, but it. I think give me another year and we'll see what Golden happens. Golden State? They have, they have they, they No, not a believer in Golden State. And you and I, Steph, can have discussions about that, but I am not a believer in Golden State. Hey, hey, look. <laughs> I can't say anything now because we don't know who's even going to be on the team. I can't believe with how much agreement there is in this <laughs> we, whole thing. <laughs> we have no idea who's going to be on the team next year right now from our from our point of view. That's there's, what I'm there's, no settles, there's no dream on. There's no dream on right now. There's no dream on. Traded no, away sixth man Jordan Poole. Like, added Chris Paul, which... He's old. He's like, I'm old. not saying he's I'd, a bad player, but it's just... He's good experience to have in a locker room. So right now, would you put Chris Paul in that Kyle Lowry situation where he's coming off the bench then? or where would I would you have, have to. Start yes. You know, you, you yes. would have to... Oh, he's not start. Steph is starting point. Come on now. And then you got Clay. You, you're bringing Chris Paul But would Chris you move Clay to the three is what I'm thinking. See, you well, could, you could do there, that, right? but like who, right is he, who is he guarding? You know what I mean? Like who... Yeah. It, I'm not saying Clay, Clay has tremendous defense. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's good on the defensive side. He, he's but lost a step from all the ACLs and whatnot, but he's you know, still he, a good defender. You know, like he had, and he had what? Uh, so I'm just saying, yeah, they're not going to be as good if they can retain Draymond Green. Maybe they make the playoffs, but they also need another big. Yeah, they need a big. They, something. A lot of people need bigs right now. What, so what about Milwaukee? Are they going to? Um, are you a believer? Depending Steph, upon Steph will come to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay you, need, you, you need Chris Milton back. So, it, but it, if they, right now start, they don't have him. Right now that you don't he's, have him. And I'm not. I'm, I'm not a Chris Middleton fan, but he is a huge asset to the to Bucks, that team. Right, that team and functions best with th- him. They need to find someone that can pick up that slack that Chris Middleton had. Right, they need someone that can eat, that can be even better than Chris Middleton. Lillard. No, Lillard's they, not they, going they anywhere. Lillard, we, we already we already said Lillard's not going anywhere. Portland already said he's not going anywhere. Like, I don't well, know. So is, is New Orleans going to trade Zion before the end of the summer? D- do I get a turn about the Bucks? Yeah, sure. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My thing with the Bucks: one, Lillard's not coming, and the people from Milwaukee okay, who are we, we know. calling we know. for Lillard, stop. Two, like Steph said, if we have Middleton, I'm a believer. If we don't, um, I'm not. I'm going to call it right now. Middleton is going... Anywhere but Milwaukee. I have a guess, but I'm not very confident in the guess. I would say hey, he's Rockets. Buffett, he's he's going to get paid. He's going to get he's paid somewhere. To. He has and a I championship already. He doesn't care about, you know, he wants the money. And I will say this. If Middleton goes somewhere, I feel like it's going to be to prove himself, not to New Orleans. I think it's going to be to prove himself. He needs to prove himself. And I can't blame him in making that decision. He, Portland? He needs to, he needs he to, pr- to Portland. He needs to prove <laughs> I, uh, Hey, I did. Portland see, has money to spend. Hey, I did see something that they're trying to see if they can get Bam from Miami over to Portland, um, as well as get Paul George. I, I heard about Paul George. I, I heard also about heard Paul about George Paul George. If Bam comes from Miami, then that would probably mean Dame's going to the Heat because there's no way Miami I, would I don't, just say. I don't. I, I mean, unless they mm, give him like Scoop Henderson, their second, you know, their third round. And they're not pick, getting but, rid of Henderson. You know, what I mean, like. But Port, why would Portland get rid of Lillard if they're bringing somebody like Bam where it's all of a sudden, they, they, now they, we can they, win? It, it, it's just because of cat space and money yeah. and, and, and the value, you know, the asset, basically. Like, they, they have to get something for something. Yeah. And unless Miami gets, like, 
three of their players plus like two draft picks. I don't think well, Miami's I mean, gonna ban. Franchises like, trade draft picks like hotcakes. It's like it's, you get it, one, you, you get you, one. You, Here's you know, three, um, right? <laughs> so obviously, you know, and and we are early in in all this, but like with just just to touch on an NBA draft subject here. One thing that I had noted during the NBA draft was there was a lot of, um, it was like elite, uh, what was the something elite from Atlanta? Overtime elite Overtime or something elite, like that. Overtime yeah. elite, and then um, obviously some G League players were, are getting drafted and whatnot. Overseas Is it too. weird that guys that are like the best in college basketball, so like Shibwe didn't go. Right, and he's won like whatever. Hey, I'm, hey, um, Amari so, Bailey going that far back in the draft. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Right, but so, like, like what I'm saying is like the the players that we watch during college basketball season that are like the superstars for the most part, right? Or like the guys that literally have names like Timmy, right? It, Sh- Shibway, we talked about him. Um, Who's the guy from UConn? The big guy from UConn, one most outstanding um, player, Jamie. So, something like is jamie something i i just looked at it this morning and i saw him get drafted too but it was like 16. no not not the ucla guy i'm talking yukon oh yukon yukon no. oh, oh. went like he went top 20 you don't want Hawkins? no the big yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're oh, big. oh no they're big they're big i know what you're talking about i think he's I, back i, I didn't see UConn him get drafted no he he went undrafted i'm trying to look it up so now. so it's, my question to you guys about all this is like is it do, do you ever feel like it's a little bit weird that college players like that we're we're used to seeing dominate. Like we're watching a guy from like Furman if, go on the first round if and you, if you ask me, this draft was was trash? butt cheeks. Yeah, it was trash. It was butt cheeks. Like what like I what, but <laughs> like honestly, is what, oh, what is going Adama, on when a guy Adama Sonongo. And people have been, you know, oh. talking up this what, what's his name? Web but mom. Wimbenyama. Victor Wimbenyama. This, okay, yeah. they've been talking him up like he's like the golden child and he's as good as LeBron was when he came in and like he's going to be the okay, same. He's per- never going to touch. He's never going to touch the GOAT category in the NBA. This guy's never going to touch it. I'm writing that down just for just future sake. Wimbenyama? You think he's... What is that? I, I'm so, just, yeah, just call close. him Wemby. Let's call him Wemby. Wemby. So, <laughs> Wemby. <laughs> not... not <laughs> Okay, but but seriously, mm-hmm. like we're, they're they're anointing this kid who hasn't, like nobody's seen him do it, anything here. We we've seen his highlight videos. It's He's just amazing. Potential. But everybody's just potential. Yeah, right. That, that's what has, they're, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at his size. He's they're looking so at his wingspan. Everybody. He's been so hyped up. But he can shoot as being like seven four. He can shoot. Yes, he, he can shoot. He has handles. I'm he can lie. pass. He can he's shoot. he's like a five inch taller Giannis, Kevin Durant, whoever. Kevin Durant's a better one, yeah. They're but. hyping him up more than Doncic so, and Jokic. Like I'm saying, when they came in the league, they're hyping this guy up like he's better than well, them. Well, Jokic, Jokic was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, so there was no hype with Jokic. That's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> yeah. This guy well, is supposed to be amazing. Well, let's see how one thing, we got to watch it play out. One thing I will say is that with the overtime elite and the playing overseas and stuff like that, it gives guys more opportunity to play against more professional um, challenges and yes, it's not NBA professional, but I think what happen is happening now is people are seeing the overtime elites, the G leagues, the you know playing in France, playing in Australia, playing in wherever, as more opportunistic because they can make money, they get challenges of playing professional basketball, get used to that, 
can fine tune their skills in a professional capacity as well and then be able to translate that right away and be effective and increase their ceiling for NBA production versus going to college and you're um, on a college roster and stuff like that. So I think more people probably saw these players who watch that stuff and are like, oh, they're going to be really good for us. I know the three of us paid more attention to college basketball and whatnot. We maybe didn't see what other people saw. It was just something I was seeing too because I saw that too where it was like there's more overtime elite, more D-League. And And, and it was just weird being such a big – basketball fan and, yep. and you know we're watching kids that just there's, yeah, there's a lot not. of small schools too that yes just like had a lot of players drafted i'm just like what the heck and like, we've talked about yeah. that too with things like track and whatnot like a lot of times sometimes it's better to go to the smaller schools or to different divisions to, to be to able be to seen. give yourself yeah more of an opportune um, opportunity to be seen and whatnot so well so we'll we'll touch on more of this next week a little bit. Um, I just any shout outs um, for for some PDA out there. I'm gonna say to to Twins fans for for man in the heat. I can tell you personally, it's it's been hot. I'm sure it's been hot a lot of places in this country. But baseball fans, when you're out there, College World Series fans, good for you guys. Keep cheering. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to you guys because man, I was getting lightheaded out <laughs> there yesterday. It was so hot, <laughs> and I was drinking water all day. Speaking of being uh, lightheaded, Tom Grossi. Uh, almost done with his 30 uh, NFL stadiums in 30 days tour. He just had a stop in Kansas City uh, the day before the, we recorded this episode. But um, he had gotten three hours of sleep, did a four-hour fan meetup, and was doing the same thing the next day. He's raised almost $300,000 for St. Jude. Wow. Um, which is absolutely incredible. Did some ghost hunting in New Orleans too. I've been kind of following his trips and whatnot. So a shout out to him because he's doing some chaotic good at a time that we kind of need some chaotic good. I so. like it. I like it. Last call on anything that, that you guys didn't get a chat about for athletic sports. Um, I'm going to say uh, shout out here for uh, Hami Haquez for getting picked by the Miami Heat. Um, Help for Jimmy. I actually think that that's a good place for him. For next year, I think it's a good. He's got a great coach that he's going to have there, and I think just the 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 group around him, as long as they're not trading pieces away, like we just maybe talked, like it's honestly, I think it's a good place for him to learn. I would say shout out to the 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 twins from what is it UCF? Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, Fourth and fifth. Fourth and fifth back to back. So shout out to them. They they actually were uh, they went to they were part of the elite um, overtime overtime elite or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Amen Thompson. I think yeah. you were saying Amen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he was, was, he was, I was close. Yeah, I said, I said Amen, Amen I and As- yeah. Asar. Um, you know, if Max Verstappen didn't exist, uh, Formula One would be pretty interesting. But um, this is just like Hamilton yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, if Hamilton he, didn't I mean, exist, it'd be interesting years Verstappen's ago. Verstappen's seventy points clear in the championship right now. But if he wasn't there, it'd be like. Fernando Alonso and the Aston Martin one point clear Sergio Perez in the Red Bull and Hamilton's like twelve points behind or something like that. So, so the podium's be, important. The still, podium, the podium's three. so important and like that. It's been really interesting. We all know Max is going to win, and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins every race from here on out. But Stefan would be able to pick that too. Well, I mean, everybody I would be able to pick F it. One day no, but I'm saying you'd, you'd be able <laughs> to pick Max as the winner. Like yeah. I'm saying, that's the, yeah, he's um, picking. Yeah. Anyways. But no, hey, appreciate everybody's listening and uh, cheer loud, cheer proud, have fun watching sports. See you later.